life in space. Today is going to be a very interesting topic. Just recently, we visited the Bob Ross experience. And uh, it was uh, something that uh, was really cool. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I think it's something that deserves its own topic, and uh, we'll go ahead and we'll talk about the experience that I had, uh, seeing all the uh, the paintings and all the uh, the the things that they had uh, for the museum. There's actually like a little Bob Ross museum there where you can actually take a look at uh, all the uh, all the things that he used is uh, easel, uh, all the different types of uh, cameras and equipment inside the original building that they actually filmed the Bob Ross, ex uh, actually not the experience, but the, the Bob Ross Joy of Painting series. So that's kind of what this is all about today. Uh, so if no one really uh, you know knows what the Bob Ross experience is, that is actually a, uh, a museum that just opened up in Muncie, Indiana. And this museum uh, is basically like a uh, tribute to Bob Ross. And this museum has all of his original artifacts. It uh, has uh, even some stuff that you might not even have known about the, the TV show. And so, and they put it all in one, one nice spot where they have uh, these um, fantastic houses in this area uh, that's right next to the uh, Minatrista uh, art gallery and uh, the Minatrista art gallery that is uh, where they have like some art exhibits that they kind of uh, just put on throughout the year and uh, right down the street literally like right down the street you can walk from there and go to the original house where they recorded the Bob Ross TV show now they uh, called that the uh, Joy of Painting series. And uh, the great thing about it is that this is actually where it originally started. Uh, way, way back uh, in the 80s, uh, Bob Ross was a uh, basically a painter, instructor, teacher. And they uh, went to check to see if they can actually get, uh, you know, some sort of like exposure through uh, public television in order to share the, uh, the painting experience that uh, Bob Ross uh, had uh, actually uh, adapted from uh, an original painter, uh, Bill, Ale Bill Alexander, who was actually on public television. So... Uh, and this is just a tribute, basically, of uh, everything that he's done uh, and all the different uh, aspects of that. And uh, I guess this this episode, we'll just talk about my experience going there, I guess. And then uh, we'll see where it leads to if we're going to do some history stuff uh, or talk about, uh, you know, some facts about it as well. Uh, I do have some information about it. So hopefully I can uh, go through that and, uh, you know talk about it maybe uh, come up with some opinions and things that I thought that were really cool about it uh, actually the the main reason that uh, that uh, we went to this experience was they were doing a grand opening and the grand opening was actually only for I believe specific donations like if you donated towards the uh, the Bob Ross experience uh, you actually got to go to the grand opening and the grand opening was right outside of the Bob Ross house in fact the uh, let's see here there's even an address on the front of it, it says 620 so that was the address on miniature Avenue uh, at the original WIPB studio 
So this was actually pretty interesting. Uh, now, um, when we rolled in uh, in Muncie, Indiana, it was actually really cold at the time. <laughs> so uh, the weather was a little bit chilly. Uh, so the timing was uh, kind of interesting because, uh, man, this was like, uh, like at the very end of October. And usually it's not as chilly during that time, but maybe in Indiana it is. I don't know. I'm not really familiar with Indiana and the weather there. So uh, it was very, very cold. Uh, we arrived at the uh, Muncie uh, Days Inn, and this place was, it was actually kind of cozy. Uh, it's not the best hotel ever, but if you ever decide to go to Muncie, Indiana, it has uh, some of the best rates, I guess, you can get in that area. Uh, and it's not too far either. It's only like a few miles down from the actual uh, exhibit. And uh, they have a whole parking area. It's right next to a big, uh, uh, looks like a uh, fair where they have state fair, uh, different, uh, you know, uh, types of uh, maybe events or whatever. And they have big fields out there and there's grass and all that. And it's right across the street, actually. There's these big, gigantic houses. Uh, I mean, these are like some really uh, interesting homes. <laughs> They're actually very big, like mansions almost. And uh, there's a series of houses that actually line up along this avenue. So uh, yeah, the the first day rolling in, it was on the 29th, I believe it was, of October. Uh, it was really, really cold. In fact, uh, at first I wasn't even sure what we we're supposed to do when we first got there. Um, I think we were like maybe like an hour and a half, maybe two hours early. Uh, so, uh, just walking around and, uh, taking a look at the scenery and everything there, which was really interesting. Uh, they had a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of cool like forest, you know, trees and things. And it, I, I guess I actually can kind of understand how Bob got a lot of his, you know, his, uh, how do you say inspiration for a lot of the uh, different uh, paintings he did because everything that he paints, it almost looks like that's literally in the area that you're staying at. In fact, the first thing that I noticed was really interesting is uh, uh, if you actually know Bob Ross, if you're a fan of his stuff and then you might actually understand what I'm talking about, but uh, they have like these squirrels running around everywhere. It's almost like a squirrel sanctuary. That was like the first thing that I actually noticed. I thought that was really interesting when I saw like all these squirrels just running around uh eating uh what are those things acorns there's a lot of trees in the area so there's a lot of deep forest uh it's actually just in this one spot where these three houses are and it, it's almost like as if uh i'm not sure uh if you know back in the day that there were this many squirrels but uh <laughs> whatever's going on there it's it's almost like a squirrel sanctuary they are everywhere and it's really funny to see squirrels running around so that was like the first thing that came to my mind when i uh when I was walking around uh, and then, of course, seeing the house, you know, at a distance coming down the road that you're walking down uh, was actually fantastic. I mean, that was like the coolest thing ever. You you, you kind of knew exactly which house it was. Uh, it just kind of stood out. It's like this big brick house and it had obviously all these Bob Ross experience signs all over it. But uh, still, it, it was just uh, something to experience for the first time, just not really knowing where you're going. It, it's kind of cool. You kind of get a feeling that it's just really peaceful and a very, you know, very nice atmosphere. So, um, yeah, it was, it was really interesting to see all these squirrels running around. So I, I kind of got the idea that, um, 
either if they had been local or if they were like in a territory at the time, then uh, Bob Ross uh, found inspiration in these squirrels because he, he had uh, like this pet squirrel that he always showed on TV called uh, Peapod the Squirrel. So uh, I, I totally get the idea that he had these squirrels there because they're, they're just running wild all over the place. Unless now, uh, maybe because he was into like nature and everything, maybe they turned into a squirrel sanctuary. I have no idea. But uh, that was just very, very interesting. It was just something, just one of those vibes you pick up when you first show up and you just don't really, you don't really expect it. And then you hear all these little on the trees and it, it's really funny. You just see these big, they're huge too, these squirrels. Some of them are like the size of cats. And uh, so, I mean, <laughs> the funny thing, it's like, even though this is just like a sidetrack thing of the whole experience, it's almost like we're talking about the squirrel experience, but, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, walking around for a few hours before it actually all started was, you know, just kind of taking a look around at the homes in the area. And man, there are like these two gigantic like mansions. I'm not joking. It's seriously, they're like made of like bricks and stones. It's almost like a castle or something. Uh, that kind of like, was the first thing that I saw that was really mind blowing. Uh, and, uh, so it was just really cool seeing that and how, how lush the trees and the nature and everything around there was. And so, uh, that's kind of like the first impression that I got of it. And, uh, so later on they, uh, were going to do like this opening ceremony. Uh, so basically I think it was at like 3 PM. And by the way, it was like, <laughs> It was like 38 degrees outside or something. So it was freezing cold. Uh, they did this ceremony where they did a ribbon cutting of a ribbon in front of the um, Bob Ross WIPB house. And they did a uh, an actual like, you know, speech and everything. Uh, they did like a... How do you say some of the people that were really important, I guess, uh, involved in the production of the Bob Ross uh, show itself uh, were doing the ribbon cutting. I think one guy named is uh, Jim Needham. I think that's his name, if I'm saying it correct. Uh, Jim Needham. And uh, he was like, I think he was like one of the guys that uh, I think he either helped the production or produced it. Uh, anyway, he was he was one of uh, Bob's friends also from the very beginning. So, uh, it was really nice to see them doing the ribbon cutting ceremony. I believe, uh, Joan Kowalski was going to be there, but, uh, I guess due to the, uh, whole situation with the, uh, the COVID, maybe, maybe it, uh, interfered with the plans, I guess. Uh, but yeah, speaking of that, actually, uh, the great thing about this whole experience is that, uh, because of the situation that's going on right now with the whole virus and all that, uh, they did this actually very, very well. Uh, everything was pretty much planned, uh, according to that. So if you're like, you know, sketched out about going somewhere or even, you know, even thinking about going to the Bob Ross experience, uh, just keep in mind that they, they have got it locked down. There is hand sanitizer everywhere. The masks are mandatory. You cannot enter without a mask. You cannot be actually anywhere near the property without having the proper precautions. Uh, in fact, going into the exhibit itself, they only limit like five to five to maybe 10 people per her actual like you know tour so uh you know they they basically run it in waves and they sanitize everything like constantly so uh the one thing that i was very and very impressed about the whole thing was is they organized it very very well and there was nothing to worry about as far as i'm concerned 
And for pulling off what they did, it was actually a fairly small group. Uh, we were probably uh, two of like maybe less than like 60 people that they were actually there. And uh, we were very far apart as well. So that was that, that was cool that they uh, were able to still do it because I, we were worried that they weren't going to do it. And we were thinking it would be the next year in 2021. But they still did the, the grand opening in 2020. And that was on October 29th at 3 p.m. And so it was really cool witnessing that and seeing all the uh, all the you know the people that were really a part of the whole thing. And there were uh, some people that were actually there before we were. And I, I imagine they were either friends of the family or maybe they were people that worked in production. Uh, so they were probably the ones that were the top donators or people involved specifically with Bob Ross. Maybe they knew Bob Ross. So. Uh, uh, I believe the tier that we were part of, my my uh, my wife and I, we were. Uh, let me see, we were five hundred dollar donators. Uh, we both donated five hundred, so we got what they called the David Arquette painting painting experience. But unfortunately, David Arquette was supposed to do a painting class that uh, I think it was on the thirty first or third, yeah, thirty first or thirtieth. Uh, but uh, he was uh, wasn't able to make it until the fourteenth. I believe it was the 14th um, of November. Uh, so we did miss that, but we still did take a class while we we're there. They were able to let us take you know, a different class. So our package actually came with a painting class, which was kind of cool. And uh, as for that, there were a lot of other things going on there besides actually painting and whatnot. Uh, they had like these talk ceremony, like uh, what do you call not ceremonies, but uh, you know they have like these talks where uh, people from the actual show that were producing it or were part of it were talking about their experience with Bob and uh, you know the different things that they encountered and you know the the fun things that they were uh, re remembering about Bob and everything. So I thought that was kind of cool too. But uh, we'll explore that a little further. I guess we'll do the opening for now. So let's see the opening. So they did a ribbon ceremony and uh, they had like this uh, kind of like interesting um what do you call like thing off to the side where you can like have like you know like uh you know snacks and things like that uh which were actually were very very good so that was actually kind of a nice little touch i did not expect that uh but as for that uh they had us in groups before we can actually go in and experience the actual recording studio of the original i believe it was up to like See, they did half the series in this house and then half, I could be completely off on that, but they did do uh, the very beginning series in this house, but then they, they moved it to a studio that was actually on the Ball State University uh, afterwards, and they were actually in a real studio at that point uh, that was on the... Uh, uh, the college there, there's a big college there. If you're not familiar with ball state university, it's actually the biggest thing in Muncie, Indiana. So there's, there's like a giant university there where everybody goes to school and everything. And so they uh, eventually moved the studio to the actual campus. But before that, it was in this house, this tiny, well, it's not really tiny. It's the studio. It, when you see it, it, it's pretty amazing that they could pull off a studio inside of this room because this room is not much bigger than probably like a studio apartment, maybe. Uh, and they have two cameras, an easel set up with curtains that go all the way across, you know, where the windows would have been. So uh, if you ever watch the Bob Ross Joy painting, 
you'll notice that uh, his background is completely black. And one of the reasons why they did this is because uh, for purposes of Bob wanting to actually show you how he's painting and how the details are done and everything, they didn't want any distractions like paintings hanging behind it or, or any kind of like, you know, anything that would take you away from his actual instructions and how he's doing it because the whole idea is that you're supposed to be learning how to do the technique, not just a copy but do a technique. So they thought it was a bit distracting to have something else in the background besides his painting. So it's basically just Bob, easel, nothing else. So that was uh, kind of interesting to, to find that, uh, you know, that that was the purpose. That's what they were actually aiming for. So uh, and then when you walk in the studio, it's it's quite amazing. These cameras are like, I mean, they're like tanks. These things are huge. Like, uh, I think that they're, I don't even know if they're on wheels. I think they're just like stationed in one spot. Uh, they probably weigh about maybe, geez, I don't know, six, 700 pounds. Maybe they're huge. They're like television studio cameras. Uh, in fact, these are not the original ones though. Uh, they did tell us that the original uh, cameras, they don't have those anymore. So they, they ordered these cameras. They are the exact same type of camera that they would have used in the studio. It's a Fujinon A18x8. If that, I, I mean, I don't know my studio uh, cameras at all very well, but that's that's what it was. It was a Fujinon. <laughs> I think it's a Japanese company. Uh, but they had like this really interesting thing that was kind of cool inside the camera. If you look inside the camera where the viewfinder is on one of them, they have a video playing of Bob Ross. So it's almost like it's pointed at the easel where Bob Ross would be painting, but yet he's not there, but there's like this kind of like illusion that he's there. And I thought that was really interesting. It was a cool touch. You know, that was really interesting that they did that because you can hear his voice, you know, so in the room that he was actually painting and you can hear the video of, of his voice. And I thought that was pretty cool. And, uh, there's even these comments, these little things that they stuck to everything that's in this exhibit. It actually has like facts and things like that, that you actually can read when you go into the exhibit with like information about like, you know, well, what, what was this used for? What, what exactly are these things? You know, what, what does that relate to him or, you know, his life and all that. So uh, there's one on the camera. Let me see. It says three cameras film the joy of painting. Now, this is the funny thing, too. And I actually talked to somebody at the uh, Bob Ross experience. Uh, and they said that there were two cameras. But Bob, uh, for some reason, and I, I, this is what they told me. I'm not sure if it's a fact. But uh, Bob always liked the idea that there were three cameras in the studio. So maybe when they had the, you know, the the main studio, the one in the campus at the Ball State University, maybe they had three, but the original one, I don't think they had three cameras. I think they only had two cameras, but Bob always liked the idea of having three cameras as a part of the show. So I think they listed even in the first original series that they had three cameras, but I'm not, I, I'm not hundred percent sure on that, but that's just what I heard. But, uh, it says one camera person, uh, let's see, held back for wider shots while the other zoomed in for close-ups. The third camera was locked in place. It didn't require an operator, but in later episodes, a third camera person's name appeared in the credits. Bob wanted the Joy painting to be a three-operator show. So that's what it actually says on the actual camera right there. So he wanted it to be a three-camera show. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, and that's what it meant, actually. I think it, when it says in the later episodes, three cameras. Because in the very beginning, the first seasons, they didn't have... If anybody is a camera or studio camera nerd. So that's just <laughs> some information there. But another thing I found fascinating is that uh, 
uh, Bob's easel actually has a giant cinder block sitting on the bottom of it. So uh, I guess that adds weight to his uh, easel. So that way he's not moving it around or shaking and all that. So there's just this big giant cinder block sitting down there. And if you look, I'm sure that these aren't the exact same uh, splatter marks, but there are splatter marks all over the studio uh, that they have there to show you that when he smacks his brush on the easel, that there's all this paint splattered everywhere. So I thought that was funny to him. Now, as for the actual easel, the, the easel that's sitting there, that's actually the one he used. So that easel is actually an original uh, Bob Ross artifact. And you can see where he hit his brush on the on the actual easel, the metal part right there. It's all worn down. So I thought that was kind of cool too. And um, on the easel, there's obviously a painting, an, an original Bob Ross painting. It's, it's fantastic too. You, you have to see this actual painting that's sitting there. Uh, it is just mind blowing. It's probably one that he spent a lot more time on because the ones in the studio that he did for the show aren't as detailed as the private collection. So his private collection is probably has a lot more detail on them. So, um, yeah. And it has a set of brushes, an original set of brushes actually behind glass. And so is the painting, the paintings behind glass as well. So you can't actually touch that. Uh, but everything else in there, like his bucket and his trash can, and, you know, uh, I believe his palette and everything. Yeah, it's just uh, it's it's right there on the easel, and you can even see on the paintings too. They have paintings all over the exhibit, and these paintings, uh, if you check the sides of them, because some of them you can actually show a number. And there's one right here. It says one five zero two, and it says book, and I believe that 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 stands for series fifteen, episode two. Uh, so some of these actually will have numbers on them and they will show book or they might show, you know, another word maybe for like studio. I'm not sure. But uh, the book one would have been one he, you know, he, he had uh, taken photos for a book. So I believe that that is what that is. You know, you can actually see on the sides of them, they actually label them. And most of his canvases are 18 by 24, by the way. So if you would like those kind of details and then I have those details on this podcast. So kind of cool, kind of cool. And they have like all these other things sitting off the side, uh, things that I didn't even really know. I mean, they had uh, keys to a Datsun, uh, truck. I believe it was a truck, uh, that Bob owned. It's not the, I don't think it's the original one necessarily, but it just, they, they wanted to show you that, you know, his transportation, he came to the studio in like a Datsun truck or something like that. And pretty much everything in the back of the truck was just stuff to paint with. So he came basically with like nothing. He just showed up at the studio with just a truck and dreams, I guess. <laughs> Lots of dreams. But uh, there's even the, the fact that I, he, he even smoked cigarettes. I had no I had no idea he actually smoked. So that was actually a, a, something I didn't know. You know, I, I would have never thought Bob was a smoker, but uh, he, he that's what it says. So uh if I got my facts straight, but yeah. Uh, and then let's see here early. Let me see. What is this? Audacious. Uh, let me see. Bob and the WIP B crew love to dream up introductions for the show. And those introductions only increased in quality as the show continued. A friend of Bob's created the first animated opening for the joy of painting and on early portable computer, Apple two. So, Oh, it was on an Apple two. That's too funny, man. So they created the, um, the uh, first animation opening, you know, I think that's what the cartoon with the squirrel and everything that was done on an Apple II, Apple II C. Really interesting. I actually did not read that when I was there. So it's actually kind of cool. I, you know, uh, when we went in, they actually let us take photos of everything in there. So everything that was available to it. I, now, as of now, though, uh, for the actual 
studio tours or for the actual exhibit now. I'm not sure if that's changed or not or not. I know that when we first showed up, they said, oh, you could touch everything, pick up anything you want, and, you know, just, uh, you know, explore, have fun and everything. But uh, as of now, the actual exhibit is open to the public. I'm not sure if they give those same privileges to everybody. I'm not sure. So don't quote me on that one. But uh, it was kind of cool that they let us take photos of all these things and all, all the different uh, pictures and just all the different equipment. Uh, so all, all this is just super, super cool to have. And so going back through it, I'm actually seeing things I didn't even remember from before. In fact, uh, another thing that's actually kind of cool is right behind the easel uh, where the curtain is, there's a fireplace right behind it. So in this room where he filmed the show, I had no idea there was a fireplace in the room because you wouldn't see it. It It's obviously covered by a curtain. But it's just stuff like that that's like, I don't know. For me, I'm a huge Bob Ross fan, so it's I'm, I'm just a nerd for that kind of stuff. To know that is just kind of a cool little thing that I know now that I never did actually know. So uh, let's see. Lights, camera, pause. Every member of the crew wanted the Joy Ping to be the best show it could be. Director Rick Rothman gained the trust of Bob and, Anton- and Annette early on when he halted the filming when he halted the filming, walked out of the control room and came into the studio to adjust the lighting. He apologized for the pause and explained that he wanted Bob to look as good as possible on film. And I, I know that they kept, they, they, they basically kept telling us that uh, Bob was like super big into like wanting the best possible quality, po- you know, whatever they can actually afford and what they can do, you know, do or accomplish and whatnot. So uh, they said even in the wintertime when they had like the furnace running, they would have to turn it off and they would sit in the cold because they didn't want the furnace running in the background because you could actually hear it on camera. In fact, I know there's a couple episodes, if you if you listen really, really carefully, especially the first series, you can hear things going on in the background that they probably didn't, you know, know at first, like creaking in the house. Everybody had to stop doing what they were doing because if they were upstairs walking around or if they were just walking around, even the first floor, if you're walking around the first floor of this house, it is creaky, man. It, it's like creak, creak, you know, when you're walking on the floor, it just... Uh, it's kind of mind blowing how, how it sounds, but uh, yeah, if you're filming a show or trying to do something that you're going to put on TV, you, you bet that it's going to come up in the film or not the film necessarily, but the audio, uh, it'll come up in the audio when you're recording it. So, uh, those are just some things that they, you know, keep in mind when you're doing a show, that's, that's what they were thinking of. So, uh, every little detail, every little thing, it's, definitely been thought out very 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 thoroughly especially by bob he was very into into doing this so uh and the the one thing that's really cool too when you first walk in there's this like golden framed picture in the middle where the the staircase is and it is just the most fantastic uh painting of just a big wave coming up onto shore and like there's these clouds in the back and it's just it's it's quite amazing uh, it's original Bob Ross artifact. There's actually little stickers next to it to show you the real original stuff. This is one of his original paintings, and it's it's mind blowing. It's it's really really cool looking. So that was really really cool to see. And then of course they had like uh, some uh, paintings that were done by the staff, and some paintings that they probably had by uh, that were donated by people that are you know. CRIs, they call them CRIs. Those are certified Ross instructors who know how to do the uh, the painting style or the technique. They teach people how to do it. So there's even paintings that are donated there as well. And uh, let's see here. Yeah, there was just a whole lot of cool stuff, man. I mean, there's there's even a um, 
a little plaque in there that were dedicated to people that donated. Uh, there's people that uh, from Twitch that donated from Jim and Linda. Let me see, Indian Arts Commissions, Indiegogo supporters. Those are the people that actually, that's where I found out about it. It was from Indiegogo. And that's how I found out about the Bob Ross experience. And I, I was hoping that they would raise more money, though, because uh, they were trying to hit a goal of like 20000 I think, or maybe it was 200000 I forgot. Uh, and I was I was thinking they would hit it really quick, but it took them, a, took them quite a while to get it. I don't know if they actually hit the numbers that they were supposed to, but uh, they, they obviously got, you know, uh, a lot of donations. They had to because there's uh, people who have gave, given gifts of over 250000 and up. So those are the pr- premier supporters. And I believe those are the people that were in there before we were, of course. <laughs> I mean, a quarter million dollars uh, qu- quarter million dollars is quite a bit, especially for something like this. It's amazing that people, uh, you know, actually showed up and, and, and took the time to, to, you know, show their support and everything. And uh, then we see the Ball Brothers Foundation. Yeah, the leadership supporters, I guess, gifts of 50,000 to 249,000. Woohoo. Presenting supporters, 25 to 49,000. So Joan Kowalski, Walt and Annette Kowalski. Yeah. Uh, Jim and Linda Needham and Twitch. Twitch, I guess Twitch did like a, uh, I believe it was like maybe like they raised money, I think, for it. And uh, there were actually some people from Twitch actually at the experience so those were some certified ross instructors that were there and uh of course the indiana arts commission harry and janet kills kelsman fund or kit kitesman fund i don't know anyway so a lot of people donated that's basically what i'm trying to um i guess put out there uh and of course this this is all done on the ball family um there's actually these homes that were actually owned by the Ball family. I guess if you ever heard of Ball Mason jars, uh, and obviously Ball State University, it's it's got to be a whole family-owned uh, area. So, uh, Lucius L. Ball Home is the one that's actually. Let me see. Is that the one that's? Yeah, that's the one that they actually, I believe, filmed it in. So, and there's another house right next to it as well. Unless no, that can't be it. Uh, there's another house right next door to it. I wish I had the map in front of me, but they had a map that actually shows you which house is which. And uh, I believe the Lucius L. Ball home is the one next to it. But uh, let me see here. If I can actually look a little closer. Let me take a look. Okay, no. So the Lucius L. Ball home is the one where they filmed the WIPB t- television studio. And then there's one next to it. I forget what they call it. The Oakhurst, I think it's the Oakhurst home. Yeah. Oakhurst home uh, is next to this house and they have a whole Bob Ross exhibit in there. So there's like uh, all these paintings and everything that basically are from private collections, from people that donated them, uh, people that are, you know, I guess live in the area and whatnot. And so they actually have like a little Bob Ross museum in there. You can go take a look at all the different art work that he's done. Uh, some of them maybe from the television show. And the thing is, is they don't really know. I mean, they have so many of them. There's, there's probably, I mean, I've heard rumored of over 30,000 paintings. So, uh, that he's done that he's actually done for the TV show and just his private collection and everything. So, uh, that's a lot of paintings there that Bob has done. And so some of them, they don't actually know which ones are from the show, which ones are from a book, which ones are this and that. Uh, they just know that, uh, if, 
if it's you know it's obviously if it's have his, has a signature on it then they can identify that it was his uh, rather than maybe like you know one that somebody had done and sent it in but they do have some that were done by the staff there as well like I said so it's kind of interesting uh, so yeah yeah it was really neat man I mean the cool thing about it is that you, you really get to see some of his really good artwork too some of the ones that I don't recall seeing from the TV show that I believe they say are from his private collection that are just really, really detailed and very, very nicely done. And to actually see it up close, I mean, it's almost like if you look at them, you wouldn't even be able to tell if it was made yesterday or 30 years ago, you know. So that was the crazy thing about it is that some of these, I mean, old paintings, they, they last for a long time. So the quality of them stay stay very, very well uh, over time. In fact, I believe it's like acrylic painting doesn't do as well, but oil actually lasts a lot, you know, a lot longer. So, uh, a lot of these paintings, I mean, you could literally say they were done yesterday. So it's really interesting. And of course they had like this, uh, wall of just like different, um, uh, what's the word, uh, like retro stuff or like, you know, uh, things that you would kind of call, uh, geez, what's the word for it? I don't remember the word for it, but anyway, yeah, just memorabilia and things. They have Bob Ross Chia Pets and uh, a Bob Ross toaster that actually burns a picture of Bob Ross's face into it. It's really funny with the big afro. And uh, Bob Ross books and, uh, you know, just different things from that time period. VHS movies and tapes and things like that. And, uh, yeah, so I, it's really interesting that they put that that extra touch in there because that's something that you wouldn't really expect, you know. They just kind of had that in there. So, uh, and the, the hair, obviously the hair, the Bob Ross hair, you know, that's, that's iconic, right? So Bob initially permed his hair to save money on haircuts while trying to make it as an art instructor. So he didn't like the perm and later wanted to change his hairstyle, but Annette old, Annette told him he couldn't. So the poofy hair was part of the, his, you know, I guess his brand. And so his, you know, his iconic logo as well. So, so they didn't want him to get rid of the hair. So he kept the hair. <laughs> And so that's just, you know, some of the things that you learn when you go there. I mean, some of these are obviously uh, facts. If you are a Bob Ross fan, you'll probably know some of these things if you looked into it as well. But uh, some things are actually pretty interesting. So you have to go there and check it out, you know, and uh, see it for yourself and see all the different things that they have there. And, uh, of course, I talked about uh, squirrels. Yeah, that was the first thing that came to my mind when I, when I first got there. Uh, so there were actually a few of them. There was a sweet pea, peanut, pea pod, and squirrely girl, I guess. Those are the uh, names. Uh, these adorable named squirrels were some of Bob's favorite animal guests. In series 28, episode 10, Bob showed viewers how he fed baby pea pod from a bottle. So nicknamed pea pod the pocket squirrel for his habit of hiding in Bob's shirt pocket. Peapod grew up to have quite the personality once he even saved one of Bob's other squirrels from a cat by chattering loudly until Bob came outside. As cute as Peapod looked on camera, though, Patty, uh, let's see, Patty Foster remembers that he was only sweet and cuddly with Bob. Oh, that's interesting. So, <laughs> so I guess this squirrel was actually just genuine, mostly around Bob. So... Yeah, it's amazing how like little animals and stuff, they actually, you know, they, I guess he remembers Bob and he, you know, is, it's like his friend, you know. So obviously, you know, Bob wasn't, he wasn't joking, you know, when these critters were his friends. So Bob always liked to have these birds and these animals and stuff inside, inside the studio. 
And sometimes the staff, they would, they would try to limit that because they would have like, you know, obviously they'd be making sounds and things like that. They were trying to do the show, but Bob just, he, he, he loves showing those animals off and everything. So I thought that's a, that's a nice little touch that he had, you know, uh, with the viewers and stuff. And I think that added a lot of really great, uh, moments and stuff in the show, you know, not just all the time, just one direction. He tried to switch it in different directions all the time. But, uh, yeah, so anyway, uh, my experience there, I mean, I had a great time. Uh, it was it was really cool. Um, now, if you're going to make the trip out to Indiana to take a look at it, uh, I, w- I would uh, plan it, you know, plan it well. Uh, like I said, uh, it's it's kind of one of those places. It's 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 in the middle of pretty much pretty much. Well, it's it's off an interstate, so it's not all the way out in the middle of nowhere. But it's you know, it's something like if you live far away. You know, it's not as easy just to go there and do it. it luckily, we had the opportunity to go there. So uh, it's it was really cool to go there and see all these cool things. And uh, the time of the year was really pretty there. I mean, you're talking about what the leaves are falling off the trees and there's all these different colors in the trees and stuff. And uh, they did this on Bob's birthday. So that's kind of one of the reasons why they did it at this time is because Bob's birthday uh, was coming up. So they wanted to do it on his birthday. And so they did. Uh, surprisingly, they were able to pull it off. So uh, amongst all these crazy things going on right now. So, um, yeah, it was really cool. And they also have other exhibits there, too. There's even like this, uh, the house where they have the Bob Ross paintings, the other paintings that he's done. Uh, those are upstairs in a house right, basically, let me see, east of the actual uh, studio. And so there's like a whole museum in there. Uh, they talk about all kinds of cool stuff in there, I guess, from way back in the day. And then upstairs is all the Bob paintings that they have up there, which are fantastic. Uh, and there's a lot there's a lot of inf- interesting information there. Uh, Bob actually even owned a house uh, not too far from the studio in Muncie, Indiana. Uh so let me see. To keep regular episodes of Joy Painting airing, WIPB and Bob held filming sessions four times annually in Mun- Muncie. Uh, after a few years, Bob decided it only made sense to buy a house in town, somewhere he could hang his hat, paint, relax, and call home. So I guess Linda Needham, a realtor and wife of WIPB's general manager, helped Bob find the perfect location. Although he loved the home and he, let me see, the privacy that provided in 1991, Linda again helped Bob sell the house when he bought a home in Florida. So eventually he moved back down to Florida, I guess. Uh, That was closer to his aging mother. So when Bob asked Linda how he could thank her, she laughingly pointed at a painting of his that she admired. Linda, not that one. I painted. I painted for me. So Bob, basically, that was like a painting that he painted for himself. But uh, not long after Bob came to visit, he had painted Linda her very own copy of the composition. So the one that she wanted. So a gift from one friend to another. So that's interesting. I didn't even know he lived in Muncie. And there's actually even a photo of it, uh, of the house that he lived in. And uh, of course, Bill Alexander. There's an advertisement actually next to one of his pictures in there. Uh, the happy painter. So let me see. Presents Bill Alexander presents Bob Ross, the happy painter. And Bob Ross was the one that he learned the, I guess he learned the technique from. So he took a Alexander, Bill Alexander class. And that's actually the one that Annette was actually trying to go do in Florida. I believe it was down in Florida when Bill Alexander was doing the, the classes. But instead, one of his instructors, Bob Ross, was the one 
that uh, she took a class with, and it, basically the friendship the friendship just grew from there, and then eventually they they uh, thought of uh, doing like a TV show. So that's kind of how it all started, I guess. So there's actually even a phone number on there. It's too funny. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so, and there's squirrels everywhere running around. Oh my gosh, I can't, can't stop talking about the squirrels. The squirrels are really cool. But Bob was, uh, into a lot of cool stuff. He was into helping people, uh, habitat for for humanity, uh, the greater Muncie, Indiana area. So they were building homes and doing, uh, all kinds of stuff to help people. So Bob was always an activist in that kind of stuff. So, Yeah. And not only that, uh, he went to, there's this place, Grand Ole Opry or something like that, I think, in Tennessee. Probably, jeez, uh, uh, it's probably somewhere near uh, Nashville. Uh, they did a, a show uh, for a guy, one of his uh, favorite uh, country artists. I forget the guy's name. It skips my mind. But uh, they did a, a painting uh, like session with him. And so that was one of Bob's favorite experiences going to the Grand Ole Opry, or I believe they had a theme park there too. So they, he really enjoyed that. There's a photo of him eating pizza there. So that, that's kind of cool. Uh, yeah. So that was, that was kind of cool to see like uh, personal photos and things of Bob and, you know, his manager and all that, uh, producer manager. I think he produced the show, uh, Jim Needham, uh, general station manager. Okay. So to clear that up, Jim Needham was the general, you know, station manager. So, yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, let's see. From 1983 until 1994, the Joy Painting was filmed in Muncie. So those were the years from 1983 to 1994. Uh, during those years, the community embraced the show's star, Bob Ross. In turn, Bob became to adore Muncie and the surrounding region. The television artist owned a home in the community and quickly found himself surrounded by friends and students. So he must have had a lot of uh, students. In fact, there's even a Muncie mall. There's a mall there. And apparently that's the same, the same mall where he used to do, uh, um, how do you say, demonstrations. They would do demonstrations there for the school, the school that they were doing where you would learn how to paint. So that's just a little fun fact there that they actually used to do it at the Muncie, uh, Indiana mall right there. And it's really close. Actually, it's just right down the street from this place. So if you happen to go there, I guess that one thing we didn't take a look at, I'd go to the mall and check it out. Maybe ask some people, uh, apparently there's a lot of locals and stuff that used to know Bob. So you might be able to talk to even local people that, uh, knew him. And, uh, I, from what I heard, there's some people there that still have his original paintings too. So that's also an interesting touch as well. Uh, but what they done with this, uh, area, uh, the actual experience area, uh, the, the funny thing is when we actually showed up on the 29th, uh, it was raining too during the ceremony. It actually started raining the minute that they were doing the opening ceremony when they were cutting the ribbon and everything. And they were talking about how, oh, Bob must have put a happy cloud in the sky. So that was a little joke they put in there. But uh, the campus that they actually have there is well maintained. It's really cool. They have a whole like uh, outdoor like park. You can go walk around and you can see all these different fun facts and you know that they talk about Bob or they talk about like the area. Uh, so that was also a nice little touch that they had there. And then the next day, uh, they just gave us more time to go take a look at the exhibits and, you know, uh, you know, see the paintings. And we, we actually were able to spend more time just doing that. Uh, so that was really cool. So we had two days of being able to see the exhibit, uh, his original studio and all those things. So that was really nice. It was a nice touch. And then the day after that, uh, we, uh, were participating in these talks. They had these talks, 
Uh, there was one done by Jim Needham, uh, Joan Kowalski, and uh, another guy named uh, Nick Hansen or Nick. Man, I'm probably saying it wrong. Uh, there's a guy. He's a he's a Bob Ross certified instructor, um, and uh, he actually teaches at the Bob Ross. There's there's a school in Florida. Uh, that you can go to and it's really nice. You can actually become a certified instructor and he was actually talking about becoming a certified instructor. Uh, you can actually go there and uh, I think it's, geez, it's not that much to go. I, I'm not exactly sure how much it is, but uh, you can actually go and get certified. They, you can actually get a license. Nick Hankins, oh, so stupid. I, I can't believe I didn't know that. I, I've been talking about him for the past two days. Nick Hankins, he's the guy that... Uh, uh, does there's actually a couple of videos on Bob Ross, uh, the YouTube channel of him doing the Bob Ross technique. And, um, he was there too, doing a talk and, uh, we, uh, got to see all three of these talks and it was actually really cool. Uh, unfortunately due to the podcast, I can't use any of the recorded content that I have, at least as, a, as the moment, cause I do have like three hours of these guys talking. I mean, Jim Needham, Joan Kowalski and Nick Hankins. Uh, so I do have like full blown talks, but, uh, due to the podcast, I can't air those. Uh, so that's just, uh, something that I guess I'll keep for memories. Um, you know, if you go there and I, I imagine the reason why they don't want me to release that is because that's probably going to be a part of the main exhibit. They're probably going to have guys come in and talk and, you know, that's just probably something to draw you, uh, to go, you know, see the exhibits and everything. So I totally understand that. Uh, so if you want to see those for yourself, uh, go there. Maybe they'll have schedules. I don't know if the schedule, if there's really a real schedule right now, but, uh, yeah. Um, when we were there, they had a schedule where they had people talk and, um, I think Joan was supposed to be there in person, but again, like I said, she couldn't show up in person, but, uh, they did it over Skype. Uh, she was doing this talk over Skype and it was really interesting. You know, you can hear a lot of in information from the people that are actually there. So, and of course they have great staff there. They all, uh, have done all the research. They've talked a you know, a bunch about all kinds of cool little things that, you know, you might not know about Bob or about his life or what exactly entails to all these things or how it all connects and everything. But once you go there, you kind of see how it all connects. So it's, it's really neat. They had this whole contest thing, uh, where, uh, where two guys were trying to keep up with Bob to do a 30 minute painting on this big screen outside. So that was a part of this, uh, this uh, big day that they had on that, I believe it was actually uh, on uh, Halloween. So it was October 31st. So that was really cool. And there was some people wearing some Bob Ross wigs. It was kind of funny. So they were dressing up like Bob. In fact, the other thing that was kind of neat is they did a Bob Ross costume contest and everybody that showed up to that contest all won a bunch of prizes. So we ended up going home with a bunch of uh, like coffee mugs and all kinds of cool stuff. So it was really cool to win all that. Uh, that was also a nice little touch that they had there. And, um, of course at the very end, uh, my wife and I did a painting. We did a Bob Ross, uh, how do you say class? It was, uh, ran by a certified instructor. It was like a four hour class. So be, be ready. If you take a class, it's, it's a good like three or four hours. And, uh, they actually teach you step-by-step step how to do everything from the sky to the clouds and all that. And then mountains, of course, they're going to make you do mountains because Bob, <laughs> that was his favorite thing to do is put mountains and of course, trees and all the great scenery things. We didn't do any cabins though. So that one might be a little bit more advanced, 
uh, to do cabins. So that and <laughs> it's actually pretty mind blowing how how difficult it is because uh, you know the the paint uh, when you're doing the wet on wet technique it, it's you know it, obviously it moves around so you it's not like just putting something on paper you have to be good at being able to maneuver it and how to you know use the painting knife to make the mountains and the snow and everything so you really do appreciate the whole idea and how it works uh like how how much effort actually goes into doing it so that's just something that is uh one of those things you have to just kind of like you can't take for granted you have to actually go and do it so uh it's always fun to try it you know you have nothing to lose just go and do it it's really fun uh, so you can actually take a class. I forget how much it is, but it's not that much. Actually. I think it's only like 75 bucks, I think. And then, like I said, it's a three or four hour class. And so you can do that. Um, probably st they probably still going to be doing classes. So I, I don't know again, like a schedule or anything. So, uh, you can always go to the website, the minatrista.com. I believe there's a website. I'll, I'll link them in the podcast and everything. If anybody's interested in going there or, you know, Bob Ross links and whatnot, I'll put all those things in there as well. So you can take a look. Uh, but yeah, Muncie, Indiana, man, it was, uh, it was interesting at first, um, when we showed up to Muncie, uh, I wasn't quite sure what to expect. So, uh, but once we got, you know, kind of familiar with the area, I guess, uh, I mean, we kind of got familiar with the, the only, the only places I really went there was, uh, to get like maybe some groceries and things like that from the uh the Myers. They have a big Myers really close to the area. So yeah, that's pretty much it. There was actually a really interesting like golf course right across from the hotel. So that was kind of cool, but we didn't we didn't go take a look at that. But there were some people actually playing mini golf there. Uh and uh of course while I was there, uh only about an hour up the road, uh there is the uh Sweetwater Sound uh Inc. So there's the main warehouse and the main campus of Sweetwater. So I went up there and took a look at Sweetwater as well. I thought that was really neat. Uh they had a really interesting uh atmosphere up there. They actually have a PBS ran uh I think station at the Sweetwater campus so that's actually was pretty interesting i asked them about it too i asked them if they had any connections with sweetwater but they didn't really know but uh they actually have their own pbs public broadcasting like van so i believe that they have something to do with it <laughs> but yeah sweetwater that was really neat too so if you're ever in the area go check out sweetwater if you're into audio gear and everything so that was kind of a little fun touch as well they even have like a museum inside the Sweetwater campus of like how the guy started Sweetwater out of a, like basically out of a van. He had like a portable recording studio in his van and then it just turned into like this big company. You know, they're huge. I imagine they have accounts all over the world. Anybody that runs a TV show or runs any kind of publication or something like that probably gets all their stuff from Sweetwater. I, I imagine it, but... But uh, yeah, as for that, the Bob Ross exhibit, uh, it was it was great. It was great three, I think it was like a three-day thing for us. There was a fourth day, but uh, they were just doing some extra talks. Uh, we already saw the ones that they had planned, so they might have just did like a repeat of that. Uh, but as for that, um, it, was, it was quite an experience, I guess. You know, it was something that... Uh, you know, it's hard to kind of do once in a while because you kind of think of a vacation as like something that you go and you do, you have fun and all that. And, you know, this was actually kind of, you had to put a little bit of work into it. So, you know, going to see something and planning it out right and everything and doing it obviously safely, you know, because of the whole virus thing going on right now. So, uh, but it was totally worth it. 
and uh the exhibits i don't think it's that expensive to get in so uh it's definitely money well spent if you're a bob ross fan uh if you don't know who bob ross is or you're not quite a fan of bob ross i don't really know if that's something that's going to be you know something you're gonna you know quite understand but uh i thought it was really cool you know i mean i remember when i was a, just a little kid i mean i must have been like five or six years old uh must have been like around like 1990 or something 1991 uh actually younger than that but uh just watching bob on you know public tv and just being like completely mesmerized by him doing these paintings and they're only like 30 minute paintings actually less than that because they they had you know they had like a 27 minute fill that they, they had to do i believe it's like 27 minutes uh so 27 minutes to do a whole painting is it's it's quite an achievement to do that and i even have uh I even have this magazine that's got a lot of good Bob Ross information in it. So, I mean, this is the experience part of the podcast. I don't know if we'll go deep into this, maybe. I don't know. But it's got, like, his entire background. I mean, talking about from when he was a kid. And you can get a lot of this information even off the uh, YouTube. There's even documentaries and everything about him. His early years, uh, how he was in the military. He was in the Air Force, I guess. Yeah, let me see. Above Bob didn't know how to fly, but he was a bit of a daredevil. He loved fast cars and the vintage Corvette Stingray that he prized. I mean, there's so much information in here that I don't even know how they got it all. I mean, it's so crazy. The one thing that I wish I would have saw when we were there, uh, uh, his his son. I mean, it, it, it would have been really cool to see his son there. Um, for some reason, they uh, they told us that they, I, I guess they don't communicate with him. Uh, so I'm not exactly sure what's going on there, but... Uh, rather than kind of ask and, you know, push the subject or anything, uh, we didn't really ask about it. But they, they, they did mention that his son still teaches, though. He still does the Bob Ross technique, I guess, uh, and teaches classes on how to paint. Uh, the last information I saw on the Internet is something around March of 2020 uh, that he was still doing classes. So, uh, But, man, that, that would have been so cool if there was, like, somebody from his family there. Uh, but the, it was mostly people that were into production with him and, uh, the producers, or I guess the people that run the whole exhibit that were involved in restoring because all this stuff had to been restored. This whole building had to been completely, completely restored. If you take a look at the old photos of the building, it is totally different than it is now. They actually have like, uh, you know, paved, you know, a majority of it and there's bricks laid down and everything. And it's really beautiful. There's a garden. I mean, there's like cabbages growing there. I mean, it's, it's quite amazing. There's even a big, uh, not a big, but, uh, there's like a little park in the back. Um, I forget what they call it, but it's like some sort of like little park that's in the back of it that has like, just like a little play area for kids and stuff in a pond with fish and everything. So, that was kind of cool too. They, they don't really guide you through any of that. They kind of just let you explore it. So really the best thing about it is that you get to do it at your own time, I guess, or your own kind of tempo or whatever. You get to just kind of explore everything when you get a chance. But uh, the exhibit itself, going in and stuff, and just being in this, this crazy house that it all started in is just really mind-blowing. And how he uh, how how he actually pulled it all off, you know, when he actually was doing the show, he had, he had a, a second painting that would be hung over on the uh, the right side of his easel, where he would uh, use that as like a guide on how to do the painting he was going to do for the show. So that was cool to see that. I mean, that's something I knew coming into this. Those are some of the things I already knew about it, but 
uh, if you don't, you know, and then you kind of see that. You actually see where it's actually positioned. That's where it would have been. They even have original paints. There's original paints in the tube, still in the tube, that are actually hard. They're hard as a rock. It's really funny. And there's little little things on there that actually tell you, like, little fun facts and everything about it. So it's kind of cool. But, uh, yeah, eh, to wrap it up any other way, I don't know uh, what else to say really about it. But uh, it is it is kind of interesting to go there and see everything and see where it all happened. Like I said, I know it sounds like I'm kind of repeating myself, but that's just what it was. You see all kinds of cool stuff and to not give it away. I mean, I don't want to spoil the whole thing. You know, obviously you have to see it. <laughs> this is the podcast where I'm talking about it. So maybe this will give you inspiration to go and check it out yourself. So, yeah. And again, like I said, the whole experience is really neat. So I would definitely give this a nine out of ten. Yeah, if I were to rate it, I guess, <laughs> if that makes any sense. But, uh, yeah, so anybody who's a Bob Ross fan, if you watch hours and hours of Bob Ross like I do, um, my wife and I, we always play it on the TV. It's literally the one thing that's playing in the house all the time. I mean, I don't know how many times we watch Bob Ross. We watch it all the time. It plays in the background. It's great to listen to when he talks. It's just comforting. It's great. Uh, it's something that I'll continue to do uh, for years on, uh, on and on. And, uh, even though I'm not quite the painter, I'm more into audio gear and stuff. Uh, it's still, uh, you can kind of use uh, a lot of the things that he does with the show and the, the experience and the, uh, the, the, just the creativity about it. It just kind of gives you in, uh, inspiration, I guess that's the word I'm looking for. gives you inspiration to do all kinds of stuff. So, uh, you know, if you're into art, if you're into music, if you're into anything, you know, it doesn't matter what it is. You can always cut it one way or the other and put it into perspective through Bob Ross and his joy painting. So that was, uh, that was my little spiel on the whole Bob Ross experience. So I hope you enjoyed it. I hope that, uh, if you're into, you know, um, I don't know, music and art and things like that, like I do, you'll, you'll enjoy it as much as I do. So, so with that, uh, let's see, I think we might wrap it up here. So we'll go ahead and we'll play out and, uh, we'll, uh, we'll see on the next side of whenever I do another podcast or whatever, but this is the special, the Bob Ross experience special. Uh, so I don't know, I, maybe we'll do something else later about his life story and everything, but I'm not a, I'm not quite the historian or anything, but I do have some information on it. I know that my show is mostly opinion based, so I don't want to bring too many facts in because I don't want people pointing me out and say, Oh, you, you said something wrong. But, uh, when it comes to Bob though I mean I'm, I'm, he's he's so cool I'm just a big fan of him so I really do enjoy it and these these crazy instruments that I have here this horn ensemble which is really cool it's something that we'll talk about in later episodes that is really awesome I really really dig this uh, uh, it's like a what do you call orchestra essential pack that I got it's it's fantastic really powerful it really uh has this amazing sound to it uh it's really cool what they've done with sampled bass instruments so yeah that is something really really cool i'm gonna dig deep into hopefully we'll do a whole special on that so yeah that's just uh what happens here on the show so we'll leave you with some beeps from an old old song i did man this is old i mean it's not really a song it's just like some sounds and stuff but with that, I'll, uh, I'll go ahead and sign out. So thank you for enjoying the show. If you made it this far, uh, then I'm proud. So 
Thank you. And we'll uh, we'll just sign out. Thanks. 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 Thanks.